How to Tell Stories to Children is a bi-weekly podcast exploring the science and methodology of storytelling. I am Silke Rose West. And I am Joseph Saracy. We are the authors of How to Tell Stories to Children. Our goal is to foster diverse storytelling by helping individuals like you awaken to the storyteller within. Welcome to the Story Village with Silka Rose West. Come in, come in. Welcome to the Story Village. I'm so glad you came back, dear children. I did hear the owl last night. Did you too? Woo, woo. And I wondered whether she had a message and whether we should find her this morning. Let's go. I have a feeling she lives in the old barn next to the trailhead. There it is, the old barn. Hmm. Yes, inside of it, there lives an old barn owl. And when I heard her this morning, I thought she might have to tell us something. Hello, old barn owl. What is it that you have to say? Who is the stranger in the woods? A stranger in the woods? We don't know. Go see, go see. Is it safe to go? Oh, yes, just hide behind the tree. All right, children, follow me. Try not to run ahead. We have to look for footprints. So, one, two, three. <gasps> there I see some footprints. Oh, they're way bigger than rabbit. Way bigger than fox or coyote. Oh, this might be a big animal. Let's stay close together and hide behind the old oak tree. Maybe this animal went to find Randall fruits for some reason or other. We shall find out. Randall Fruits had not slept well that night. The old barn owl had hooted so often that he thought to himself, Oh, I wonder what's the matter. But it was a new moon, and he knew it would be too dark to go outside and see, so he decided to just wait in the morning. So he climbed up his little ladder inside of his little treehouse, and came to a woodpecker hole that allowed him to look out and see what would be happening outside of his little home. Right there under the old pine tree, there was a big animal with a lot of spots all over its fur. It looked like a giant cat. Oh no, said Randolph, I have never seen this animal before. I don't even know if that's an animal that's safe to be around. I better go and wake up Naughtyfoot. So Randolph went down his little ladder, opened the door to his secret passageway, and walked all the way through the mole tunnel until he came to Naughtyfoot's house. 
There he knocked on the door. Naughtyfoot had just woken up. What's the matter? It's me, Randolph. We have a stranger in the woods. It's a stranger who has a lot of spots all over the fur. Oh, my goodness. Randolph, that must be the chicken pox. It's a big animal that has the chicken pox. It probably came into the forest to find some medicine. Uh, chicken pox? Why are you talking about chicken pox? Because I had them before, Randolph. You're going to have spots all over you, and they're itchy. But don't go out and touch the animal. Otherwise, you'll get them too, and you'll look just like that animal. You are silly, naughty foot. I don't think it's a chicken pox animal. I think this is just an animal they gotten lost in the woods. Come help me find out. Naughty foot said, wait one moment. I have to get three nuts and put them inside of my little bag. So naughty foot took three nuts and put it in his little pouch and off they went back through the tunnel until they came to Randolph's house. He closed the door to the secret passageway and climbed up the ladder to the woodpecker hole. Look over there. Can you see it? I see it, said Naughty Foot. Oh, my goodness, that animal has the chicken pox for sure. Well, I don't care if it has the chicken pox or not, said Randolph. I need to find out if this animal is safe to be around. Otherwise, I have to sound the horn to warn the other animals. Go up on top of the tree and see if you can wake it up. Can I have your slingshot and shoot a nut at it? Okay, but be careful. Try not to hit it on the nose. You know, that's the sensitive spot. Yes, I know, I know. Here, take my slingshot. Naughty Foot took the slingshot and went all the way up to the top of the tree. And he shot this little nut and, oh my goodness, children, he did hit the animal on the nose. But luckily he had been so high up and it was such a small nut and such a big animal with such a big nose that it barely woke the animal up. It was like a little itch and it used its paw to rub its nose. Oh, thought Naughty Foot, I see it's itching itself already, and he shot one more nut. This time the animal did wake up, and looked up high, opened its eyes, and gave a big yawn, and showed its big mighty teeth. Oh, my goodness, did you see those teeth? said Naughty Foot to himself. Ooh, I better be careful. I think this animal might be dangerous. And he scampered back down the tree to Randolph and said, Randolph, do you see this big teeth this animal has? Yes, I did. And look, now it's rubbing itself against the bark of the pine tree. Perhaps you were right. Maybe it does have the chicken pox. I don't know, Randolph. Hey, I don't know if this animal is safe. Well. How can we find out? Oh, I'll just, I'll scamper over to the pine tree and I'll see if I can engage in conversation and maybe we can see what it wants. 
All right, you better go, but be safe. All right. Naughty Foot scampered back up the tree and jumped over to the pine tree where the big animal was laying and came just down a little bit. Hello, down there. Hello. Uh, do you have the chicken pox? Do you need some medicine? But the big animal only opened its eyes wide and looked up and said, Chicken, you have some chicken? I don't have chickens. I would like to eat a chicken. I'm hungry. Oh, uh, no, that's not what I meant. I meant whether you have a sickness called the chicken pox. I don't have a sickness. I have run from a long ways all the way from the south to get help for my mother. She is the cheetah queen and has fallen ill. She needs some help. Oh, she needs help. But what can I do for you? I'm just a little squirrel. I don't know, but I was dreaming last night. As I came to this place, I lay down and I dreamt that there was someone here who was as big as the mountain itself who could help me. Oh, you mean Randolph Roots, my friend? Yeah, he's mighty big. You want to meet him? Yeah, I do, because I have to hurry up and make it back home. It's a long way to run days on end. Ah, uh, but are you hungry? Yes, but that's secondary. Not so hungry. I won't hurt you. Go get your friend and hurry up. Naughtyfoot felt very important. He quickly jumped back over to Randolph's tree and went down and told Randolph, Come on out, this animal said it's the daughter of the cheetah queen from down south and she needs help for her mother. Oh my goodness, it's a cheetah, said Randolph. I knew it, this animal doesn't have the chicken pox, but I tell you those animals can be dangerous. Oh, well, she said she wouldn't eat us up because she's on a mission and she had a dream of someone who was as big as the mountain and I told her that must be you. Oh, that's very nice of you to think that's me. I'm, after all, just a little gnome. But, Randolph, you always have the answers for everything. Let's go on out. I'll stay close to you. Just tell her that I'm your best friend. Oh, I will tell her that. So they went outside the door, and right there in front of the cheetah girl, they stood, and Naughtyfoot started jumping up and down to get her attention and said, Hello, here is my mighty friend, who is as big as the mountain itself. The cheetah wrinkled her eyes and said, And her nose, and she said, Well, I can't believe it. That's a little gnome. Are you making fun of me? You know that I could eat you in one bite? No, I'm not making fun of you. He is as mighty as the mountain itself. Tell him what you need and he will get it for you. Well, said the cheetah girl, my name is Daughter of the Wind. I am the oldest daughter of the cheetah queen from down south. I need medicine for my mother for the sun has been red for days on end and she is giving up hope. And she said as long as she will not have a sign that the sun will turn golden again, she cannot go on living. Oh, said Randolph, I see what you need. Well, let's see what we can do. 
It would be good if you could take us up to the mountain cave. It's quite a long way to go, and on my little feet it would take us days to get there, but perhaps I can sit on your back and my friend Naughtyfoot as well, and you take us there. I will do that. We should not lose any time. And then Randolph asked, Have there been fires in the place where your mother, the Cheetah Queen, lives? Yes, we had fires on end, many, many fires. And Randolph nodded his head. He knew when there was a lot of fires burning that sometimes the sun would turn all red. I will go and talk to the spirit of the mountain and if see if I can get some help for you. But how can I get on your back? Just climb in your mouth and I place you on my back. Oh, Randolph had to think about the time when he climbed inside of the giant's mouth and he thought to himself, well, I survived the giant, I might as well survive the cheetah. And he went inside of her mouth and she, gently, without hurting him at all, placed him on her back and told him to hold on to her fur. And Naughty Foot said, no thank you, to the mouth, I can jump. And in one hop, he was on the cheetah's back. Hold on tight, my friend, she said. After all, my name is stored off the wind because I'm the fastest cheetah in my family. And sure enough, one, two, three, go up towards the top of the mountain, said Randolph, and she started running so fast that Randolph was afraid, and he held on so tight, and even held his breath until she stopped. All right, we are at the top of the mountain. Where shall we go now? Go to the right. Right there, there's a cave, do you see? Put me down. She once again put her head all the way back to her back, opened her mouth, and he went inside of her mouth, and she placed him on the ground. Naughtyfoot had already jumped down. Randolph turned around and said, Naughtyfoot, you stay with her outside the cave. I cannot have her enter while I make my offerings. You can tell her a joke. Ah, oh, yes, that's a great idea, said Naughtyfoot. I love telling jokes. I'm really good at telling jokes. The cheetah girl looked at him and said, You know, normally I like to hear jokes, especially for my little sisters, the monkeys. But today, because I'm worried about my mother, I do not feel like hearing a joke, so please just sit still right next to me. Maybe I need to sleep a bit too, because I have to run all the way back as soon as I have what I need. Randolph went inside of the cave. He had a little pouch with him. In it there was some cornmeal. He went to a special place, a place where we would oftentimes leave some offerings, and took some cornmeal and put it on the ground. Then he took a little reed flute and started to play a song. <coughs> oh, dear spirit of the mountain! One of our friends from down south has come up to our mountains to seek help. The great cheetah queen, she is very ill and worried that the sun will never turn golden again. Tell me, what can I give her? 
Then Randolph closed his eyes and sat patiently, because he knew that the spirit of the mountain would answer him, but that he should not rush it, and so he sat there, quietly waiting. When he finally opened his eyes, he saw in the place where he had put the cornmeal a crystal. And when he took the crystal in his hand and he looked inside, he saw the golden sun shine from within the crystal. And he smiled. Thank you, dear spirit of the mountain. I am grateful on behalf of the cheetah girl, daughter of the wind. I'm grateful on behalf of the cheetah mother. Oh, dear spirit of the mountain, you have answered my call so many times. I will return and thank you so much. And for this great gift, I shall leave my reed flute for you today as well. So Randolph put his little reed flute down, took the crystal and went outside the cave. The cheetah had still been sleeping. Naughtyfoot stood like a guard around her, pretending that he was protecting the cheetah. Of course, you children, you can imagine who would ever attack a cheetah. Well, Naughtyfoot felt it was a very important task that he had taken upon himself. Ah, <sighs> Randolph, you got what she needs? I got what she needs. The mountain spirit gave me a crystal to give to her to bring to her mother. Inside of the crystal there is the reminder of the golden sun. The cheetah girl opened one eye and then the other. Thank you, she said to Randolph. How will I ever be able to repay you? Hmm, the time will come, said Randolph. The time will come when I will call on you. And then how will I hear your call, asked the cheetah girl. Hmm, you will dream about me, and when you dream about me, you will know that it's time for you to come. Thank you, said Dorda of the Wind. Hey, how about you never tell me to dream about you, said Naughtyfoot. I'm good at dreaming too. Well, because you live next door, said Randolph. And we have an underground tunnel, so I can come to you whenever I need, or I can call on you. Mm, I guess that's right, said Naughtyfoot. Right. Well, said the cheetah daughter, what do you have for me? Here, I have a crystal. You need to keep it in your mouth. That's probably the safest place for you to hold it under your tongue when you run all the way back home. All right, said the cheetah girl. When you go in my mouth, before I put you on my back, place it underneath my tongue. And then I will put you on my back and I will bring you home before I run all the way back down south to see my mother and help her. All right, said Randolph. Naughtyfoot had already jumped on the back of the cheetah. Randolph placed the crystal that had the sun inside underneath the tongue of the cheetah. Then the cheetah girl lifted her head and turned her head around and placed Randolph on her back. Hold on tight, she said. We're going downhill. I know, said Randolph, and his eyes wide open. And then he decided... 
you know, I actually think I need to walk a little bit and I see a little bark sled nearby. I think I'd rather go sledding down the mountain. Naughtyfoot looked a little bit disappointed, but he said, Um, yeah, well, I shouldn't let Randolph go all alone, otherwise he needs some protection. But thank you. Daughter of the Wind was glad that she could put the two down and run back to her mother, the Queen of the Cheetahs, immediately, for she knew there was no time to lose. Goodbye, she bowed to Randolph. You little being, you have such greatness, I thank you. Call on me whenever you need me in your dreams, and I will run as fast as I can to stand in your service. Thank you, said Randolph. That's very kind of you. Thank you, said Naughtyfoot. Me too. If I need you, you can dream about me too. <laughs> I will tell my monkey sisters about you, said Daughter of the Wind. I think they would like you. Oh, yeah. Next time you could bring one of your monkey sisters along and then I'll have a playmate. I'll do that, said Daughter of the Wind. And off she ran down the mountain. Wow. Randolph, you know this was a cheetah? Yeah, said Randolph. It wasn't an animal with the chicken pox. That's right, Randolph. But it could have been an animal with the chicken pox. Well, of course it could have been an animal with the chicken pox. It could have been also a fierce cheetah that was looking for squirrel steak and could have eaten you up in one gulp. That's right, Randolph. <gasps> she could have eaten me up in one gulp. This was dangerous. We were on a dangerous mission. Yeah, yes, Naughtyfoot, we were. But look, we're okay, and we were able to help her. See, even big animals need help at times. That's right, Naughtyfoot. I didn't even think about that. I never thought big animals need help. I always thought just little animals need help. Yes, and she knew where to go to find the help, because she trusted her instinct. Randolph, do I have an instinct too? I believe you do, but you have a squirrel instinct and she has a cheetah instinct. And what's the difference? Well, that hers is a cheetah instinct. And she has the chicken pox and I don't. Well, that's not true. That's just a story. Oh, Randolph, come on. Don't be so serious. It was a good story after all, wasn't it? It was a good story. Okay, let's go home. I need a little bit of acorn coffee. This was a lot of work today for me. And I didn't even eat lunch, Randolph. You must be hungry. You want a chicken? No, thank you. I'm vegetarian. All right, well, that's good. Let's go and eat. Oh, my goodness, look at all these footprints. Hey, Randolph, I think it's the story children. They were behind the oak tree. They were watching everything. That's right. Let's pretend that we didn't see him, huh? Yeah, that's right. Let's pretend we didn't see him. Oh, dear story children, I think Naughtyfoot and Randolph knew we were here. I'm glad they dealt with the cheetah and we didn't have to do it. Let's go back home. Oh, we could follow the footprints of the cheetah all the way down and see if the owl is asleep by now. Let's do that. Okay. One, two, three. Goodbye, Randolph. Goodbye, Naughtyfoot. 
Hey, good luck, little cheetah girl, daughter of the wind. Hope your mother gets all well again, now that she has a crystal that has the gold and sun shining in it. Until we meet again, the circle is round, it has no end. And that's why my stories will never end. See you next week. Goodbye, children. Thank you for listening to the Story Village. I look forward to our next journey together. I do wonder what we will find. Every day brings a new gift, and with it a new story. If you are a child, you might find it fun to explore your own story village as you play throughout the day. Who lives there? What kind of people do you meet? And if you are a parent listening to this story, I encourage you to find your own story village inside and begin to share stories of your own. Storytelling is a powerful way to feel into the collective energy of your children, neighbors, parents, and grandparents. I share my stories out of desire to empower you to tell yours. We are part of a global village where anyone may enter. Your story is the greatest gift you can give to your village of human beings. The sound of your voice, the feeling behind your words, the courage to let yourself be heard. This is the true gift of storytelling. You. Thanks for listening to How to Tell Stories to Children, a bi-weekly podcast from the authors of How to Tell Stories to Children, now in 19 languages. Our goal is to help parents, teachers, and grandparents connect heart-to-heart with kids. You can find this podcast as well as upcoming webinars, events, our blog, stories, and more at howtotellstoriestochildren.com and on our Facebook page. You will also find the entirety of Season 1, which gives more background and perspective on a variety of storytelling topics. You can also submit questions and ideas. we like to hear from you. If you value this podcast, we invite you to consider making a contribution to keep it alive. The proliferation of free podcasts, articles, and resources on the web makes it easy to forget that real people are behind the work. It means a lot to us when you take the time to rate and review our book, this podcast, or share it with a friend. And if you're able, your financial gifts at patreon.com slash how to tell stories to children make it possible for us to continue calling out the storytelling voice in other parents, teachers, and grandparents. Together, we can spread the intimacy and joy of storytelling one family at a time. 